It is a Feedback Friday as we check in on your emails and your YouTube posts. We'll talk about Quentin Byfield, the decision to send Brant Clark back to his junior team, what's on Phoenix Copley's mask, and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, the past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and, of course, a passionate LA Kings fan. For the past 30 years, it is a feedback Friday. Now, sometimes it's not on Friday, but every week since I've taken over this show in the offseason, we try to have one show a week or parts of one show a week where we um, we answer uh, and read your comments as L.A. Kings fans want to know what you guys think. Sometimes it's uh, comments, sometimes it's questions. But uh, it's it's something that I always have felt uh, should be a part of the show. I want to give you guys a chance to give your voice to this show as well. And uh, we've got a nice, uh, interesting mix of, uh, of emails and posts to read. Uh, and also an, a little bit of an international flavor, which is always very cool to know where Kings fans are watching and listening to this far and wide. And our first uh, email uh, comes from John, and he's in Tokyo. And he says... Uh, Quinn Byfield is a talent who simply needs patience and nurturing to polish that skill at this level. My question, since you are about the same age as me, is there a Kings player that was drafted that you can remember from the past 30 plus seasons who took time to develop and then became a player of all-star caliber for several years? Not all players are the same, and it can take time to learn the nuances of the pro game. So I think time is part of development. Anyway, my guess is there haven't been a ton of players who spent four or five years in the organization and then reached all-star level, but it happens that way sometimes. Again, that is from John in Tokyo talking about Quentin Byfield uh, and the thoughts that it's going to take him a little bit of time to develop, but eventually he will be um, a very good player for the Kings. That's the hope, obviously, of a lot of people. There are some people that are skeptical about that fact at this point, but I've I've gone on record as saying it's way too early to make any judgments on the career path for Quentin Byfield at this point. But like I said, as fans, we are uh, it's it's there's no rules. If you want to jump off a cliff and uh, and and uh, take a, a stand uh, that the sky is falling on a player or whatever, uh, that is certainly a right. But um, John, to answer your question about a Kings player that maybe took some time to develop and then eventually became an all-star, um, the first player that popped in my head, um, and this is a player that actually didn't end up playing long for the Kings, um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this in a name that Kings style. Some of you, if you're newer to listening or to watching uh, locked on LA Kings. I did something in the off season and I'll, I'll be honest. It was kind of a time filler because you know, there, there were times I needed to just talk about stuff and I thought this would be fun. And it was a thing that I did called name that King. And I would start off by giving, um, details about this player's career. And then by the end, I would reveal who the player was. And then along the way, you either figured out who it was or you learned something maybe. So anyway, let's, let's do that in this style. Um, 
This Kings player was a first-round pick by the Kings, 26th overall in 2003 after playing four years at Boston College. After 36 games with the Kings, he was traded to the New York Rangers in 2009 for a third-round pick in 2010 that turned into Jordan Wheel. This former King went on to play almost 900 NHL games for the Rangers, Lightning, Maple Leafs, Devils, Predators, Panthers, and last year with the Penguins. Uh, this former King is Brian Boyle. Uh, he was never an all-star, but he ended up having a hell of a career for someone that the Kings pretty much gave up on. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, John, about a player that um, the Kings gave up on way too soon. Um, again, he only played 36 games in L.A. And they, it wasn't like they traded him out of some sort of necessity. They got, like I said, they got a draft pick for him and, and a third round pick in exchange for a guy they selected in the first round. He was a big, tall guy, kind of like Quentin Byfield, and a little bit awkward at times, as I recall. But I think the Kings felt like, for some reason, that he was just too tall and awkward and never was going to develop. And they shipped him off, and he ended up, again, playing uh, some pretty darn good hockey for a lot of different teams. Never won a cup, as I recall, but I think he may have played on a couple of Stanley Cup uh, teams. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the first name that popped in my head. I don't know if there's a better example, but I just remember he was, a, again, a first-round pick, um, was kind of uh, tall and awkward a little bit, maybe like Quentin Byfield a little bit, and for whatever reason, the Kings were like, this guy's not going to make it, and they shipped him off, and then he went on to play year after year after year after year after that. So, like I said, he was drafted in 2003, and he ended up, he played last year. For, for the Penguins. He's currently a free agent and he's probably done now, but that is a hell of a career uh, for Brian Boyle. So I don't know if that's a good example of what you were looking for, but that was the first name that, that popped in my head of uh, a guy with high expectations who the Kings gave up on too soon and, and, and went on to have a pretty darn good career. Uh, our next email comes from Steven Ventura. He says, um, we currently only have 22 men on the roster. When Trevor Moore and Arthur Cowley have come back, only one guy needs to be sent down. I think they'll send Kupari down since he's waiver exempt and keep Spence or maybe swap Spence for Bjornfoot for a little uh, for an extra lefty on the road trip to spell Edler. He says, by the way, it's Jad, not J-A-D, uh, is not waiver exempt. So I don't see him going anywhere. Also curious, why do you think Lemieux will be gone next season unless we have a replacement for his role coming up? I think we need him back. Maybe a kill Thomas or another AHLer. That can do it for less, but it seems like Lemieux fits in well, and I think he does a good job at being a pest and throwing down and throwing down when needed. Okay, Steve. Um, yes, I did make a mistake on um, one of our recent shows when I was talking about who's going to get sent down um, when Moore and Kaliev come back. Moore is not on injured reserve; he's still on the roster, so he's taking up a roster spot right now. Kaliev is on injured reserve but is eligible to come off at any time. So you are correct. It's one spot that needs to be filled and one player that needs to be sent out. If I said something other than that, then that was my, my mistake. Um, you are correct. I was wrong that, um, and I'm going to say J-A-D, kind of like J-V-R. Do you know J-V-R, James Van Reems? Like? Anyway, uh, J-A-D is not waiver exempt. So I thought he was. That is my mistake. The players right now that are with the Kings that are waiver exempt are Quentin Byfield, Arthur Kaliev, Rasmus Gupari, and um, Jordan Spence. So those are the players that can go back and forth to the AHL without having to pass through waivers. Um, so I would guess that you are correct, that it is going to be Rasmus Kupari, uh, unless they decide to send Kalia back to get a little, I don't know, seasoning in the AHL after he's been out for a while. But uh, yeah, as far as Brendan Lemieux, um, I, I have been a, an advocate of his 
and, and his style and what he brings to the Kings for a while. But I have to say, he's not bringing much this year with the Kings. Um, last year, he was much more um, of an impact player. Um, I'm sure he leads the team in hits this year, but that's not really saying much. But um, I, he's, he has no goals. He had eight last year, so he actually did contribute offensively for a fourth-line guy. And what he does, I thought that was great, but he's not doing that at all. This year, 21 games, no goals, three assists. Um, and he's not being an effective four-checker, which I think he needs to be. Um, and yeah, he does play a certain role, but that role is so it's being just, there's not much of a need for it. It seems like, so I, I imagine, and with the other players that are looking for NHL opportunities, I just think this is, unless something changes in his game here in the second half of the season, um, I think Brendan Lemieux's time in, in LA is probably done. Um, so we shall see, I could be wrong. Uh, we'll see how he does the rest of the way, but I, I, he hasn't done much this year for the LA Kings, other than occasionally get into a little bit of a scrap. Um, this comes from Leslie in Calabasas. And she says, what does the writing say on the back of Phoenix Copley's goalie mask? I haven't heard anyone mention it. Uh, I'm a very long time puck podcast listener. So I'm glad that you were hired to do locked on Kings. Uh, you are the perfect combination of professional broadcaster and enthusiastic and knowledgeable fan. Thanks for the great show and analysis. Go Kings go. Thank you very much, Leslie. That is super kind of you. Um, I did see your email a little bit um, earlier in the week, and so I tried to pay attention to see if I could get a, a look on what is on the back of Phoenix Copley's mask. Um, and I don't have a good answer for you, except I think I have a decent guess. Um, for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, uh, on the back of Phoenix Copley's mask, there is some writing. Um, I did see there was one point where he turned his head and I paused my DVR and took a screenshot of it and even like blew it up to see if I could figure out what it was. Um, and it's, I, I, I think it might be scripture. Um, I'm not sure. I've, I don't know what, uh, if Phoenix Copley is, uh, is obviously a religious person. Um, it's either scripture or it's some sort of maybe motivational saying, it looks like it could be a quote. Um, but it, it, I couldn't figure it out. If I ever get a chance to see it up close, I will definitely try and take a look. If anybody else knows what it is, um, send us that info and we could pass it on maybe on next week's show. But yeah, Phoenix Copley is, you know, goalie masks are awesome. It's one of the, one of those personalized things that you see that's very unique to hockey. You know, like if you wearing a football helmet, uh, or, you know, a baseball helmet, those things are all, there's no personality to them. It's, su it's super cool. I've always thought that goalies can personalize their goalie masks and put on their certain things about their personality, maybe things that they like, so on and so forth. Uh, Phoenix Copley has those crossed candy canes that are uh, kind of on his chin area as a tribute to where he's from, North Pole, Alaska, and things like that. So uh, I've always thought goalie masks are, are a super cool thing for that players can do to kind of personalize their equipment that you don't see uh, in other sports. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's on the back, what's written on the basket back of Phoenix Copley's mask. I think it might be scripture, um, something from the Bible, um, or some sort of maybe motivational quote, um, from somebody, but I'm not sure if I ever get a chance to, to see it, um, better, uh, I'll let you know. Um, but, uh, and if anybody knows, if anybody has the backstory, let us know and we'll, uh, we'll pass that on to Leslie. Uh, we've got more emails and more, post to read more feedback to let you know about but i need to let you know that today's episode of locked on la kings is brought to you by built bar looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories then you got to try built bar 
If you're looking for something a little bit healthier now in the new year, um, we've got something that's delicious and good for you. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Uh, Built Bars are only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can order Built Bars at Built.com. And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club in the pharmacy section. That are That is Built Bars. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. All right, continuing with the emails. Um, we had an uh, 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 email from Japan. This one comes from Mexico. Uh, Tim says he watches daily from Playa del Carmen in Mexico. So uh, great to have you uh, watching from there, Tim. That's awesome. He says, I'm a longtime Kings fan and one of your earliest YouTube subscribers. I watch and like every single podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to your show every day because you discuss and say the same things that I am thinking as a dedicated fan. I absolutely agree with you that the Kings should adopt this year's reverse retro jerseys as their regular jerseys. They look so good in those jerseys. Any idea if that's even being considered? Go Kings go. And again, that is from Tim in Mexico. Um, I don't know if it's being considered. Um, I hope it is. Um, you know, I, I'd love to get, I don't know if it, what the possibility is. I'd love to get Luke Robitaille on the show. Um, maybe during the all-star break. I have no idea if he does things like this, but I've met Luke a few times. He's a super nice guy. He's, he's as advertised, but you know, he's probably a busy man. So I don't know if he'd be willing to do something like this. If he was going to do something, it would probably be the, all the Kings men podcast, because that's part of the LA Kings family. Um, but uh, he would, he would be a guy that would know and, and, and kind of is a, um, as the president of the team uh, has his hands in a little bit of everything, including, you know, marketing and stuff like that. But if there's somebody I can talk to about that, maybe I'll try and see if I can do that. But I, I don't know if there's any real consideration for that. I hope there is because as I've mentioned, and as you apparently agree, those jerseys look amazing and the Kings need to get some damn color in their jerseys. The purple and gold looks too damn good to not have it a part of their uniform. Um, this is from Rich in Chino. He says, I want to thank you for providing us with information and news about our favorite team. The content is good and the length is perfect. Well, thank you very much. Uh, he says, my question is after watching the three fights in the game against the Oilers, I noticed that the jerseys were pulled up over the heads of the combatants. Didn't the jersey used to be required to be tied down in the back to eliminate that issue? Uh, yes. Uh, specifically the fight that I had mentioned uh, that uh, really got me excited. One of the things that got me excited about Philip Deneau was when he dropped the gloves to protect Victor Arvidsson on a hit that he thought was questionable. And the Oilers player, Jesse Pugliarvi, who's not considered a fighter, and then again, maybe it's Philip Deneau, did not have his jersey tied down. And either the referees decided to ignore it, which is which is odd, or just didn't see it. But it was pretty obvious in, in that situation that the jersey got pulled up and he didn't have it strapped down. Uh, rule 46.13 says a player who engages in a fight and whose jersey is removed completely off his torso, other than through the actions of his opponent in the altercation or through the actions of a linesman, shall be assessed a game misconduct penalty. So that uh, that rule is still in effect. It didn't go away anywhere. Um, so the, that player, Yessi Pugliarvi, should have been ejected from the game for not having his jersey tied down, unless it was somehow determined that it was it pulled off during the fight, which it wasn't. Um, so yeah, you're correct. Um, Rich, that is still a rule. Why it wasn't called, I have no idea, but that was something that should have been called. Um, and and you, you're supposed to have your jersey tied down. That's a rule. If you don't have it tied down, then that is a game misconduct. And um, 
the referees didn't didn't follow through on that rule for whatever reason. Uh, thank you for the emails. Uh, I do want to read some posts from some of the YouTube episodes. Uh, this first one comes from AJ. He is at Nocturnal1551. And he says, Quentin Byfield may become a good, great hockey player, but the one thing that frustrates or even concerns me is his skating style. He seems very slow with the puck, but decently fast without the puck. When he's skating, he bends down so far forward that it almost eliminates his 6'5 frame. In any event, I wish him and, and, and his progress well. Uh, he says, by the way, the Dead Marsh jersey isn't a mistake or a hiccup. He was a great player and a great king, in my opinion, and much like to know would drop the gloves to protect his teammates. Sad his career was cut short, but his jersey is a great choice, in my humble opinion. Go Kings, go. And that is from AJ uh, on one of the YouTube episodes. And uh, I, I made a joke. I was talking about hockey jerseys. And uh, I said one mistake I made was getting an Adam Deadmarsh jersey. I was kind of joking, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, Adam Deadmarsh had one really, really good season for the Kings. Um, and uh, unfortunately, his career got cut short by concussions. And uh, from what I understand, he went on to be an assistant coach in the NHL. And even that, he had to give up because of issues he was having with concussions. Um, so that's, uh, that's obviously very sad. I hope he's doing well. I haven't heard about him in a long time or what he's up to these days, but, um, yeah, Adam Deadmarsh was certainly a guy who would drop the gloves and was a physical guy and, uh, and good score as well. He was a really solid power forward and had one really good year for the Kings. And then his career got cut short by a couple of concussions and it's something he's dealt with in his, um, his post-playing career, which is unfortunate. I, I hope he's doing well, but I'm, I'm not ashamed of my my Adam Dead Marsh jersey. I uh, I was just kind of making a little joke. Uh, we have a few more uh, posts from the YouTube uh, channels to or YouTube episodes to read in a minute. But I also need to let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro team out there, uh, whether it's pro or college, from football to basketball. Also, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well betonline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more that is betonline where the game starts a few more um things to read some more feedback to read uh this comes from frank he is in r PV, which I believe is Rancho's Palace Verdes, which is not far from where I live. He says, I have to take a minor exception in regards to Quentin Byfield. The difference between Adrian Kempe and Gabe Velarde is that they both showed initial talent and a skill set full of potential. I have yet to see Byfield do anything other than dump and chase and not much of a shot either and some really poor stick handling. Early on, both Kempe and Velarde and even Sean Dursey have showed potential, a lot of potential. Byfield has not. Um, I wonder if Frank's opinion has changed slightly after Quentin's last game where I thought he did show some skill, but um, I, I think it's not unfair uh, to say what you said, Frank um, Byfield so far hasn't shown that skill at the NHL level. Um, that is going to, I, he doesn't show flashes. Um, and I think we'd all feel a lot more comfortable if he did. Now he did in the last game, I thought, but you are correct. Um, a lot of times he doesn't seem all that strong handling the puck. Although there are times when he'll do kind of a quick stop and pull the puck back kind of in a corner to escape a defender. He's, he's pretty good at that. But as far as like open ice skating and stick handling, yeah, that, that I think the jury is still out on Quentin Byfield in that regard. Um, and I, I, the reason he, that Frank made this comment is I said that 
we should be patient with Quentin Byfield because a lot of people thought that Adrian Kempe and Gabe Velarde um, were, were not going to fulfill their potential and they ended up doing so. Um, but I will, I will concede your point, Frank, that those two players did show maybe a few more flashes of skill than Quentin Byfield has shown at this point. But um, I still think patience with Quentin Byfield. I still think he's kind of learning on the fly. And as was mentioned with the earlier email, he, you know, he is a big, tall guy and he is a little bit awkward sometimes because of that. I think in the end, his size and his height and his reach can be an asset, maybe like a Brian Boyle, who I mentioned earlier, but it is going to take a little time, I think. But I think, Frank, your comment is fair that uh, there certainly are times this season where you want to see flashes from him. Uh, you understand that he's young and the consistency isn't there as he's getting his feet really wet in the NHL. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I concede that uh, there are a lot of times where we don't really see those kind of flashes from Quentin Byfield that we would like to see as far as his, his stick handling and maybe his skating with the puck. Um, our next email comes from Jim in Lakewood. He says, so I drive around all day for my job and I get to listen to the NHL channel. Uh, they were focusing in on the Kings Edmonton game, all from the Edmonton side, about all the things that were wrong with Edmonton and the team. No talk about the Kings being on a serious run and beating all the other big teams, with exception of that Bruins, of course. Nothing mentioning any players or performances of the Kings at the time. Zero talk of Fiala or Kempe or Copley. Meanwhile, they spent 20 minutes talking about why the goal that Campbell caught behind the goal line was not a goal. They couldn't stop talking about that. Forget about East Coast bias. Try a Canadian one as well. And uh, Jim is talking about the uh, NHL channel on Sirius XM, which I listen to occasionally as well. And it is it is based in Canada, and it does have, unfortunately, a Canadian slant to it. There's no, no question about it. Um, it's unfortunate because it is supposed to be the NHL network channel, not the Canadian NHL network channel. Um, I certainly understand north of the border, they're going to focus on the Canadian teams, understandably so. But like I said, that is supposed to be a national network show. It's not just broadcast in Canada. It's broadcast everywhere. It's Sirius XM satellite radio. Um, it is a complaint that I do have with that channel as well. Um, so that's unfortunate that um, they don't give a lot of equal time to a lot of teams. And uh, like I said, I, I get it if you're in a certain market and you're obviously going to pay attention to maybe teams of that region. But when you're the national network on radio for the NHL, you should be giving attention to all the teams, not just the Canadian team. So it is a slant that they have. And it's a, it's one thing that um, is unfortunate about that channel. Uh, this comes from BS. He says, it makes sense to send Brant Clark down. Like you said, Eddie, we get the extra season on his entry-level contract. That cap space can be critical. We have plenty of depth. Spence in particular seems ready. Barry has a good team. So Clark should get playoff experience. He gets more time to add some muscle, which will help him at the next level. We know about his offense, but his defensive play impressed me at the World Juniors. On the gold, winning overtime goal, for example, he made a great play defensively shortly before assisting on that goal. So um, BS is amongst those who agreed with the decision to send Brand Clark down to the minors. Uh, and this final one comes from Scott. And uh, I wanted to read this one because... I don't want you guys to think that I only read all the uh, the glowing positive uh, emails and people that say nice things about me, um, uh, but I did want to read this from, from Scott. He says, Eddie, I've said this over and over. I really hope you read this. You're taking 
you are talking to diehard fans here. You spent seven minutes recapping the game, the second seven minutes talking about a player's jersey you would buy. Then you spoke about Byfield being a possible bust. Dude, we have no choice as a fan to tune into this because it's the only locked on. We already know these things and about what jersey you would buy. Are you kidding me? When you had Jim Fox on the other day, he gave us more insight and opinion in 15 minutes than you've done all year. I'm not bashing you as a person, man, but really dig deep and talk about things that diehards talk about. Stats, save percentages, trades, be a critic. Um, thank you for the uh, for the feedback, Scott. Um, from what I understand, the definition of a critic is somebody who observes and comments about things. Um, I, I guess you want me to be more negative? I don't know. Um, I, I would say this. Um, first of all, no one's forcing you to watch this show. I mean, I wish they were. Um, but I don't know what you mean by I'm talking to diehard fans only. I don't agree with that. Um, I think that the, I think we're, this, this show is obviously for Kings fans. That's for sure. Um, but the level of fans, um, I think is probably all over the board. Um, there, there are probably diehards like you apparently who watch every game and who read every article and dive in deep to every stat. Um, and then there are other people who don't watch every game who are fans of the team. Maybe they've got families and kids and they can't, you know, uh, watch every second of every game or read every article. I try to appeal to as many people as possible. Um, I think I take time to explain things to people who maybe have never played the game or don't have a deep, deep knowledge of the game. Maybe that are newer fans. And I also try to, at times, dig a little bit deeper and, um, you know, talk about certain things that maybe more advanced fans uh, would want to be interested in. So I, I try to be, um, I, it's broadcasting, not narrow casting, as somebody once told me. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure what it is you're unhappy with. Um, you said, um, talk about stats, save percentages. I mentioned stats when I think they need to be mentioned. Um, I am not an analytics guy. I'm never going to do a uh, deep dive on that sort of stuff because that doesn't really interest me. If that's what you're looking for, that's not going to happen here. Um, so I think I've been critical of the team when I've needed to be. I was critical of Todd McClellan at times, been critical of the goaltending. I've been critical of Sean Dursey at times. Um, but I think I like to be fair uh, as well. Um, so again, um, I know that this show is not going to be all things to all people. Um, the great majority of people that I've interacted with and that have messaged me seem to enjoy the show. Um, and frankly, the people who hired me are happy with the job I'm doing. So whatever it is you're looking for, Scott, um, it's, I'm not changing what, what I'm doing with the show. I'm not saying that I'm not uh, receptive to constructive criticism. I always want the show to get better. I want to you know, tweak things and whatnot going forward to make it better. But it sounds to me like whatever it is you're looking for, you're not getting it here. So perhaps you may not want to watch. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, I, I, like I said, it seems to be, the show seems to be going well. We're gaining over 100 subscribers a month on the YouTube channel. Like I said, the people that hired me seem very happy with the job I'm doing. It seems like the majority of people like the show. So I'm sorry it's not what you're looking for, but, you know, sorry, not sorry. Uh, thank you to everybody who messaged the show, uh, either on YouTube or sending an email. Um, we will do this again next week. 
Uh, I do want to remind you that coming up on Monday show, we are obviously going to recap the game against the Devils coming up on Saturday. And then the Kings are off from Monday until Thursday. So expect some special guests coming up on uh, next week's show before the Kings play their next game. If you want to participate in a feedback show next week or in the future, uh, you can do so by commenting on the, if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment and make the comments below. Um, if you are listening on the podcast or you'd like to send an email, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at LockedOnLAKings, uh, also on Instagram at LockedOnLAKings. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen. Um, want to remind you to check out Locked on NHL Prospects. It's a great new show that does a deep dive on uh, all the prospects around the NHL. Um, so check that out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Have yourself a great weekend and go Kings go.